Hey, hey, kids, you're listening to a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons podcast. I was gonna sleep That's right, we're the Simpsons podcast that discusses the beloved animated sitcom The Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond, and the new ones when they air. Why do we do it that way? Well, you see, there's an entity known as the Wheel of Random who cursed us to only watch those episodes to see if there's any episodes from those later seasons to match the Golden Age. And when I mean Golden Age, I mean seasons 1 through 10. And because of that, the Wheel of Random also said, enough podcasts out there have talked about the Golden Age, so that's why it cursed us. It just cursed us. When I say us, I mean we. I'm the royal we, annoyed grump boy Craig. And, and I'm me, the royal we. You're the, the Duke of annoyed grump boys, Steve. Yeah. No, I guess you'd be the, the Earl. Yeah, yeah, I would be the Earl. Of, of annoyed grump boys. Uh, I make that joke because that's his middle name. Everyone, you know the canon now. Mm-hmm. Annoyed grump boys, Steve's middle name is Earl. Yeah, <laughs> so, which is always fun, especially <laughs> during the early 90s when an ABC family sitcom that aired on Friday nights called Family Matters was on. And kids re- realized that my middle name was Earl, which sounds a lot like Urkel. Which is real cool. I also thought uh, the 2000s show, uh, My Name Is Earl. That's true, too. But we all wish we were Jason Lee, so that's fine. Yeah, I want a kid named Airplane. But speaking of watching TV, uh, I was watching The Simpsons. Cool. Uh, no, it was the the classic episode, you know, the ones that we don't talk about, but the Simpsons showcase spinoff uh, classic episode where Troy McClure, uh, uh, R.A.P., um, you know, showcases the the Wiggum spinoff of him uh, as a cop, a detective working down in uh, New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, then you had uh, Mo and uh, Grandpa being the love tester. So it's kind of like the <laughs> wacky kind of like 80s sitcom where like wacky something stupid happens, you know, like like a small wonder or an alpha. Like these just like, why, why is this a thing? Those sitcoms. And then the trope of uh, the next one, the, the variety hour Simpsons, like the trope of the Brady Bunch variety hour. And I was just thinking like, well, they should do an update of this episode, like bring back like, you know, obviously you can't use Troy McClure, but like, all right, you know, Fox is desperate again and they want more Simpsons spinoffs. Uh, so here's the next batch of spinoffs. So I think oh, the modern trope TV shows, like what what would be a good parody? And they kind of do that with throughout The Simpsons in general, mm-hmm. like episodes being that way. But like, what's a modern TV show? I guess, uh, but and, and have The Simpsons already parodied it. That's I was just thinking modern family, yeah. <laughs> but I think they've already kind of parodied it. It's true. So one thing that I would do is, you know, every like few years, vampires get like thrown back into the zeitgeist and become popular. And more often than not, they're not scary, but they're just sexy. And it's often like sexy teens, like that Teen Wolf show and, uh, you know, like Twilight. So I want to see like Jimbo be a vampire and like maybe uh, Shauna is like his lady who he's trying to turn. His Bella. Yeah, exactly. And like maybe Otto is also a vampire just because it would make sense for some reason. But it's it's still a spinoff. Uh, do they do they leave Springfield or is it just like called Springfield High or something like that? Uh, yeah, I think it, it's like it's called Springfield High and it's like way darker tonally. And all the kids like talk and act like they're adults, like they're 25. But because they are played by 25 year olds. <laughs> exactly. Well, actually, at this point, they're probably played by 60 year olds. But, <laughs> but yeah, and uh, it's got, you know, a touch of euphoria because it's like guts. Oh, yeah, that's a big show. That's a reference. That's timely. Yeah, it's a little sexual and it's got like a little bit of a dark mystery like Riverdale. But there's also like that kind of Buffy thing. So that'd be one of my segments. That'd be a good one. I think uh, could you do a whole 
sensationalized news thing with like Brockman, like like a Fox News parody, where like the whole bit is him being like a Tucker Carlson type. Oh yeah, <laughs> I like that. Because you could also do like a a, a reality show parody, like a, like a Big Brother, uh, mm-hmm. or, or any. What if it's instead of a Simpsons showcase spinoff? What if it's other networks desperate for airtime? And so it's like um, the CW wants a show. So they asked the <laughs> Simpsons to write them a show with the characters from Springfield. And Ooh, that's like your, and that's yeah. your and that's your show. Yeah. yeah. And then TLC wants to do like my 5000 pound life. And it'll be like about Homer. <laughs> <laughs> so I bet they probably did something like that. I like uh, that. No, that's good. I would do another a Wiggum spinoff from that one. Ooh. So, you know, it's, it was the Wiggum uh, P.I. In, in New Orleans, but then it's now a Wiggum like CSI type of show. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which I know they've parodied CSI on The Simpsons, and they they even did a whole twenty four like that TV show twenty four. Uh, yeah, Jack Bauer, big hit, he number one. But I think uh, another great one. Let's go back to Moe's and uh, drink a beer. Ah, beer! I love beer. <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite. Yeah, so let's go to our uh, favorite corner, The Simpsons Beer Corner. <laughs> All right, Steve, what do you got for us this week? Uh, Well, Craig, this episode features, you know, Homer kind of working in the nuclear power plant, kind of. And, you know, when you think of the nuclear power plant, it's controversial, you know, nuclear power and, you know, just industrialism in general. What does progress our lives? You know, there are ethical, ethical questions about capitalism and industrialization. And so, you know, some factories might just straight up be evil. Uh, So that's why I have the Evil Pastry Stout Factory Milk Stout from Weldworks Brewing. It is a stout with uh, peanut flour, maple sugar, and milk sugar, and vanilla. Um, It comes in at a pretty easy drinking. (laughs) Easy drink. ABV of not listed. An easy drinking 6.5%. So nothing too crazy. Kind of typical for your average craft beer. Uh, The can, kind of a drawing of a factory that seems to be turning into chocolate. So that's kind of kid-friendly, I guess. Uh, Looks dark. It's got some nice bubbles on it. Smells very much of vanilla and peanut butter. Um, Oh, that's interesting. It's um, a little sweet, maybe a little bit too sweet. Like the peanut and the chocolate kind of come in really nicely. It's like a Mr. Goodbar beer, I'd say. So, like, imagine if Mr. Goodbar made a, made a stout. That's kind of what this tastes like. I like it. I don't know if I'd want a second one, though. So it's kind of a little middling for me, but I, I do enjoy it, and I will finish it. I think, like, it'd be fun if you were having a bunch of other, like, sweet kind of stouts to see how this one compares to others. But I think it's a solid solid entry, but not my favorite. Uh, what have you got for us, Craig? All right. Well, sounds interesting. Uh, maybe you can give me a sip uh, on your um, own time. Sure, sure. <laughs> Uh, so in this episode, uh, we see Homer filling up a super soaker with uh, lemonade uh, and an iced tea to form the drink known as the Arnold Palmer. So you'd think, hey, maybe an Arnold Palmer based cocktail or beer, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we don't have that kind of thing here. We we, we, <laughs> we didn't plan that. Uh, so I thought, well, Arnold Palmer, of course, besides being a drink, was a golfer. True. And we all know golf was invented in the lovely tropical setting of Scotland. Aha. I thought, uh, let's go with a a Scotch ale. Lovely. This is from the Mighty Oak uh, Silver City Brewery. Uh, It's called the Mighty Oak Scotch Ale from Silver City Brewery. 
Uh, it's a limited edition, Steve. So if I've done this mm. before, it's not that limited. <laughs> um, it says a rich, complex Scotch ale aged on American white oak, the mighty oak, which features uh, smooth vanilla notes intertwined with subtle smokiness and a bold malt character. The hops are Nugget Cascade. The malt mm-hmm. is Northwest Pale, uh, black caramel, peated. Uh, it's 9, 9.2% alcohol by volume, 30 Ooh. IBUs. Uh, it's not kid-friendly. It's boring because it's got the, you know, uh, kilt, like, pattern, like a, a stupid pattern. Um, flannel pardon. pattern. Yeah. And uh, here we go. It's got a, a tree on it. But, yeah, kids would be like, meh, I don't want to drink daddy's drink. <laughs> All right, it's dark in color. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the hints of the uh, kind of the caramel. Okay. Oh well, a lot smoother than I thought it was going to be. Because hmm. uh, usually when I think Scotch ale, I think a little bit of a stronger. Yeah, a little bit of burn down there, and a little bit of. Yeah, I don't yeah. get I don't get the burn. No. Um, I definitely get the. Um, it's like a Mister Good bar. Oh. <laughs> no, it's like um. This reminds me. Actually, I get more of like a peanut stout memory. Interesting. Would have had peanut stouts. Like I get more of the. I didn't really say there's peanut notes, did I? I didn't say it. No, but that's interesting. Do I, did, did they put the wrong beer in here? Well, <laughs> I get the the nougat. I get mm-hmm. that. So it must be the the caramel. Yeah, interesting. And the hop give that um, give that flavor. It's it's a delight. Yeah. Um, it's easy to drink. So at nine point two percent alcohol, I'd be. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I would do another, but if I wasn't aware of the high alcohol content, I'd be like, Ugh. <laughs> so maybe by the end of this episode, I'll be. Uh, off the rails, but probably I do, not. I do enjoy a Scottish ale. Um, well, I do too. And yeah, they you don't see them often enough, so it's always a delight when you get one, and it is good. And it's cool to hear that it's kind of smooth because some of them can be a little abrasive, but also tasty. So it sounds really good. Yeah, I you would you would like it. Yeah, I I think it sounds like I would. It sounds really up my alley. Yeah, uh, much like uh, yeah, up your kilt, which uh, you're wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. But that's the way to go. Uh, All right, Steve, uh, let's put some pants on and go back in time to a year that we all loved, the year 2016. (laughs) Steve, what were we watching in the theaters? Well, Craig, um, I was thinking about uh, my favorite David Fincher film starring Brad Pitt and Kevin Spacey. That wasn't Uh, the number one movie, but I was thinking about how much I liked it and how much I called it The Magnificent Seven. Uh, 2016. Did America still like uh, Kevin Spacey? Um, I don't think so, but I think he may have been on the way out. Good. Uh, I saw this remake of a remake Mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Mario himself, Chris Pratt. How was it? Uh, I saw it, Steve. I don't remember it, but I saw it. Alrighty. Yeah. I think it's Um, one of those like, uh, yep, it's there. It's a movie. It seems like a movie that one would see with like their dad. Like, right. No, no. I, I just watched it myself. I didn't go to the theater on this weekend to see it. I just, I saw it. I mean, I probably saw it when it was like streaming somewhere not like in the same year though, but yeah. Yeah. It was one of those like a final watch it. Cause I, I I do enjoy a Western. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, they, they're hardly made these days cause you know, it's a dead genre. Right. And so, you know, some of the newer ones, I enjoy, like the, the 310 to Yuma remake from a few years ago. I like that one. But uh, yeah, this one was just kind of not doing it for me. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they can't all be the movie seven. <laughs> no. Even if it's the, called The Magnificent Seven. I saw the I, uh, adult uh, film version of this as well. The Magnificent Seven Inches. Oh. So for a drum. How about <laughs> Thank you. We got Ringo on uh, retainer. That's still canon, right? That we have Ringo here? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, speaking of music, Craig, while we were both not watching The Magnificent Seven, what were we and the folks rocking out to? Well, you were thinking about your favorite David Fincher movie. I was thinking of my favorite Nine Inch Nails song, Closer, and how that the number one song was actually Closer, but not by Nine Inch Nails. It was by the Chainsmokers and Halsey. So baby, pull me closer in the backseat of your rover that I know you can't afford. Bite that tattoo on your shoulder. Pull the sheets right off the corner of the mattress that you stole from your I remember doing this song uh, for other episodes. Yeah, it does it, sound familiar. And it got stuck in my head for like a week, and now it's going to get stuck in my head again. <laughs> it's a do, 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 do. Like, it's very catchy. Yeah, it's very simple, Ear but very hooky. Bug, yeah. Damn you, Halsey! Halsey! Do you think the chain smokers have quit? I would hope so. I mean... Are they the uh, chain vapors now? <laughs> that does sound cool. Chain vapors. <laughs> Maybe they're the chain snooze now. <laughs> snooze? Like going to bed, sleeping? <laughs> no, they're, snooze they're are dead. like those... Yeah, they sleep for nine minutes at a time. Um, <laughs> now, snooze are like those weird tobacco packets that you stick between your, your, like, your lips. Do those exist anymore? I think so. I don't know. Kids, don't do tobacco. No, just do marijuana. It's more fun and cheaper and doesn't kill you as fast. <laughs> right. It'll only uh, make you hallucinate watching a 3D movie called Avatar and getting up from the seat and <laughs> passing out from the... Yeah, weed's weed's good. Yeah, that's probably more fun than any cigarette you ever had. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> All right, Steve. Well, let's stop chain smoking and admire our Magnificent Sevens. <laughs> And uh, just get on with this week's episode. Steve, like I said, it aired on September 20- 25th, 2016. Monty Burns <laughs> fleeing circus. When a fire level Springfield, Monty Burns agrees to the Simpsons' pleas that he funds the town's rebuilding on one condition, that he gets to put on a variety show. Hmm. All right, Steve, let's uh, finish our beers, come back, and uh, discuss Mr. Burns' episode. Alrighty. Sounds wonderful, Craig. We'll be right back. And we're back. Today we're talking about Monty Burns' Fleeing Circus. It's the first episode of the 28th season. Originally aired September 25th, 2016. It's episode 597 in the show's run. The nerd code is VABF20, written by Tom Gamble and Max Prose. Directed by Matthew Nastuk and the showrunner, Algie. Alrighty, Tom Gamble and Max Pross. Uh, they're Did I say Pross or Pross? I think you said Pross. I don't know which one is correct. I don't want to do Max wrong like I did, like we did with Caroline Omeni. 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 Omeni, yeah. Um, But Tom and Max, they are an American comedy writing team. They've written for a lot of really big shows, like uh, Seinfeld, The Critic, The Wonder Years, It's Gary Shandling Show, and Monk. It sounds like also their name, like Tom and Max, almost like like a variety show. Almost Mm -hmm. Maybe because I'm more thinking of uh, Bob and Dave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or Mr. Show. But also, uh, Gamble and Pross sounds like they're uh, lawyers. <laughs> yeah, like a law firm. Yeah, a law firm. Gamble and Pross. Were you injured in an accident? Well, they fight for you because they wrote for the critic. They were the uh, attorneys in the last episode of Seinfeld where they're all on trial. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, we've talked a lot about uh, It's Gary Shamlin and show how much we love that. Uh, Monk, mm-hmm. we 
we drop some monk references every once in a while. Yeah. It's finally coming back, Steve. They're finally doing a, a monk movie. That makes so much sense. It reminds me of like the old days of like when like Columbo or Perry Mason or Matlock would have like a made for TV movie. Rockford. Yeah. It's it seems weird that they've waited this long. And and the last episode of Monk was fine fitting ending for the show. But you know, there could have been every few years or so just uh just to solve a case. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun. I always like Monk. He was too busy uh marveling at the Mrs. Maisel to be doing Monk, right? That's right. <laughs> oh, that's kind of weird because he plays her dad on the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know, he'd be marveling at her. My uh, daughter is attractive <laughs> and funny. Oh, but Steve. It's really the story of Joan Rivers. Don't tell anyone that. <laughs> I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> I'm just still waiting for the uh, Wings reboot. Didn't we already pitch a reboot and it takes place in a submarine? It's like... <laughs> I think so, yeah. They, they, they lost their... Uh, they don't fly anymore. They just have submarine tours. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do remember that. Um, that you, know, moving a... you know who else loves subs? Who's that? Danny DeVito. All those... Jersey Mike sandwiches easy eating. That's right. Loves those Jersey Mikes. Or as I like to call them, uh, Michaels of uh, New Jersey. Classy. Yeah. Jimmy John's eh, really should be called uh, James Jonathan's. Or bag of crap. <laughs> or uh, endangered animal meat. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that guy doesn't, uh, he doesn't associate with the company anymore, right? The guy who hunts endangered animals. Is that why we don't like Jimmy John's? Because with the one of the CEOs was... Uh... Yeah, but you'd think if you're hunting such wild game, your sandwiches would have flavor. <laughs> well, yeah, because uh, that's what you got to do with the Mike's way, you know, blast yeah. that a sandwich. The, uh, the Jimmy John, the, what's the Jimmy way? He just like jerks off on your sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, Craig. So if you can give me a five fork... Rating of Jersey oh. Mike's and a quick summation. Oh, oh wait, sorry. I haven't had uh, I haven't had e- either of those in, in quite some time. I actually get them confused. So yeah, I just I've had Jersey Mike and it's pretty it's pretty good. Michaels of and New Jersey. Michaels of New Jersey, but James of John's uh, not good. Uh, it's better than Subway, isn't it? Ah, uh, I truly don't know. <laughs> Subterranean. Subterranean passage. I feel like if I want a sandwich, I could just go to the store and make my own, right? Yeah. I mean, especially if you're like just getting like a turkey and Swiss, like what do they have that you don't at home? Basically, like you've right. got mayo, you've got pepper. That's all you need on a sandwich, mayo and pepper. Mm. It was uh, Levi P. Morton's favorite sandwich. Who? Levi P. Morton, the 22nd uh, vice president of the United States. Oh. Uh-huh. He was Benjamin Harrison's uh, vice president. Who? Benjamin Harrison, the president. Huh? Steve, were you not around from 1889 to 1893? 90, no, I was busy. Okay. <laughs> Being sperm in my dad's eyes. Yeah. So your dad voted for Harrison, I believe. Yeah. I'm just trying to get in the mindset of uh, old-timey references because uh, Mr. Burns is in this episode. Yeah. yeah. That's something stupid he would say. It is, yeah. So this is the, the story sec- of a girl. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the uh, second episode that they wrote together. In total, they've written six episodes, and this is the second one uh, we've reviewed, the first one being Hardly Cricking, the first thing we wrote. So we're kind of going in order. So. Wow. So we're looking at you, Whistler's Father. Yeah. Season 29, episode three. I mean, we're not going to do it next. Almost the Wheel of Random. Deems yeah, we'll see what, see what I they doubt say. That. Uh, but Steve, can we just get into this week's episode? Uh, I see a title gag. Okay. It's uh, Kodo soaring through the air. 
And uh, he's got a little banner on his test his little flying saucer. It says, vote Kodos, make the universe great again. So what mm-hmm. years? This was 2016. Uh, you know, at that time, it was a joke. You know, yeah. America was like, yeah, Trump's not going to be president. So everyone was uh, playing Pokemon Go, but they weren't Pokemon going to the polls. That's right. <laughs> no one was voting for Hillary because they just assumed Hillary Clinton was going to win. It's like when Bart ran for class president, like <laughs> everyone was so sure that he was going to win, but nobody voted for him. So uh, Martin won. <laughs> Martin, a.k.a. Donald Trump. Hmm. No. In 2016, I, I also I did vote for Bart. Just you know. <laughs> I mean, that's who I vote for every year. Someday he's going to get it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I strongly believe him in his lay off my butterfinger. Lay your finger off my butterfinger policy. And if we're really doing the math, uh, Bart is what, uh, like 49 by now or 46? I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, he could be old enough to be president. For sure. I mean, so could Lisa. Oh, God, because Lisa's our age. <laughs> yeah. So I think we should probably vote for Lisa. I mean, honestly, Maggie could run at this point. <laughs> she has a lot to say on her uh, platform. Suck, suck. Suck America, 2000, <laughs> whatever. What was the next election? 2024? Yeah. Uh, assuming there is a 2024. Yeah, there will be. I, I asked uh, a friend of ours. I don't know where that's going. <laughs> we got a billboard gag as well. It's Nelson Muntz in a suit asking, why are they hitting themselves and how to bullyproof your kid? I was watching a classic. Clash of Castles. <laughs> moment. I, I decided to watch. Uh, uh, oh, don't tell the wheel of random. Is he asleep? Because I can get a Yeah, something they don't know. Was kind of in the mood to go back and watch like classic season one, mm-hmm. and I watched uh, the uh, Telltale Head, in which uh, Bart, of course, steals Jebediah Springfield statue, which I also believe was the first appearance of the bullies of uh, Jimbo Kearney and uh, Dolph. Oh, yeah, uh, and the voices sounded a little bit different, but I just now got it when watching the opening credits that the fact that Dolph and Jimbo are cutting the head off of Jebediah Springfield because they wanted to see the head cut off in that episode. Mm-hmm. And then Bart does it. But then, of course, they're like, that's not cool. I, <laughs> I'm i sorry. I'm just today years old using that expression <laughs> that like, what a fun reference. They're cutting his head off. But also gave me wondering, why isn't uh, uh, Kearney a part of it? Or not Kearney, but uh, Dolph. Because it's yeah. just Jimbo. And Kearney cutting the head off in in the opening credits. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm asking. But that, yeah. that I mean, I'm assuming that is a reference to that episode, right? It's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. I just now figured that out because <laughs> I don't I, go I, back and watch the season one that often. That's true. And I I guess I'm so accustomed to this newer opening where we see them do it. I kind of don't even notice it anymore. So mm-hmm. I don't think that I thought about it either. So it's, you make a good point. And I feel like it changes too because I just watched it and again. It has that three eyed raven? Like he just flies in uh, and lands on. Next to the bill or uh, lens of the lard lad donut hole or on the donut. Uh, has he always do that? Is there always a bird there doing that? The raven? Yeah, it's been there like, okay, kind of around the same time that I was wondering if like it was a Game of Thrones reference when it's not actually. And then uh, sometimes in, in the when Bart's writing the uh, chalkboard gag, the photo sometimes is like a president and then sometimes it's Homer as a spaceman. Right. It's an astronaut. <laughs> That's what they- I think it is uh, the mayor of the city or the, I guess, mayor of the, not the mayor, the governor, Governor Bailey. I think in the older episodes. And then sometimes it's Homer. Yeah. In the more modern era. Uh, yeah. I just, uh, Doing some observing as a Simpsons podcaster. That's what that's what we're here for, right? Yeah, and we also don't talk about it, but oftentimes Lisa, when she's in the band room, she's often playing a different instrument. Like, <laughs> I think this week she's playing a harp. Yeah, and sometimes the music is different. It's true. Because a saxophone sound from a, from a harp would be interesting. 
but yeah, like I said, there is a chalkboard gag and Bart's right in this arm needs Tommy John surgery. See, the only Tommy John I know is like a underwear brand or clothing brand. Yeah. Uh, so the goal of the surgery is to stabilize the elbow and reduce and eliminate pain and restore stability in the range of motion. And it was first introduced by not Tommy John, but by Frank Job, MD. It's a great name. Frank great Job, TV MD. show. Like, yeah. It's like it's, you know, they're writing off the Quincy uh, MD. Exactly. Like, oh, we need another medical drama or medical, yeah, medical drama. <laughs> that's what the MD stands for. <laughs> but that's what the show was was a medical drama. <laughs> so Frank Job MD's medical drama. <laughs> it's a show within a show, you see. Yes. Uh, but he performed the surgery on uh, pitcher Tommy John in 1974. And since then, it's been called Tommy John surgery. Did then Tommy John go into making. Uh, men's underwear at a fashionable <laughs> price and so comfortable you'll feel like you're wearing nothing at all nothing at all so go to tommyjohn.com slash one three simpsons for get this point zero 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 seven percent off your entire order wow yeah uh, order has to be over six thousand dollars though for the, the coupon right. to kick in <laughs> but you can get three styles and one of them is plain <laughs> so one is just cheese yeah no toppings no toppings just Cheesy underpants. Who makes the best cheese pizza? Oh, well, we can talk about this oh. on another day. <laughs> yeah. That's a long conversation we don't need to talk about. We got to talk about The Simpsons. That's right. And uh, we get a couch gag. Uh, so we open up season 28 with uh, a, a recreation of the Adventure Time opening, but it's in Springfield. And uh, it's created and sung by Adventure Time creator uh, Pendleton Ward. And there's a lot that happens in there. And I don't know if we want to get into all of it. But it, it uh, spans through Springfield in the style of Adventure Time. And we see really a lot of things like the multi-eyed squirrel from the Simpsons movie, HJS and MB, Homer J. Simpson and Mark Bouvier, uh, with their names carved into the tree and the lemon tree. There's just a whole lot. Uh, Craig, have you ever gotten into or watched Adventure Time? Uh, no. Yeah. It's got the, what, Joe DiMaggio, right? He does yeah. the voice. Yeah. Bender himself. Yeah, and everybody who likes it has like told me specifically, like, this is the show for you, Steve, and you'll love it. Is it crass like a uh, Rick and Morty or uh, Bluey? <laughs> I think it's more on the Bluey spectrum. <laughs> Steve, what's Bluey? I, I know it's a kids program. I see it on. It's, yeah. That sounds like a very adult program. I watch Bluey. <laughs> or is it like it's the show Louie? But and... it takes place in the Avatar universe. Yeah, or, or uh, you know, after Hollywood decided to cancel uh, uh, Louis C.K. because of uh, his sexual deviancy, mm -hmm. uh, he joins the Blue Man Group. <laughs> so it's Bluey, and he, because he just sits there and jerks off all the time. Yeah. Oh, boy. Bluey, <laughs> yeah, done fucked up. So bad, Louis. Hey, when this episode aired, America still loved Louis uh, C.K. Yeah. We loved a lot of things in 2016. <laughs> Mostly our freedoms. It's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Adventure Time, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Because I don't know what kind of humor it is. So it's... And, and what's the demographic? Like, who's it aimed to? Like, I, I, I think that's the problem. For, like, like uh, middle school kids. I always assume that's the... Yeah, I think if it had come out when I was like 10 or 12 or even like 14, hmm. I probably would have been obsessed with it because it is kind of a... I think it's a smart, good kid show 
that adults can get into rather than like an adult show that kids might appreciate. Like it's just all very frantic too. Like it feels like a drug trip, which I'm not opposed to, but I just don't quite get it. Hmm. Well, Steve, I think you'd need to go on more trips. Maybe more I do drug trips. Maybe I do. Uh, but yeah, uh, really creative. I didn't get the references. So, um, but that's, you know, that's, that's, that's on me. Yeah. I, um, there are a I, lot of like Simpsons Easter eggs though. I mean, I watched this cartoon and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is uh the Simpsons nostalgic for me. So that's why, you know, I still watch the Simpsons cartoons. Uh, I don't know if I really watch any other modern. Oh, I watched the Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, mm-hmm. which is very franticy too, like like you just said, because you're yeah. 22 minutes, everything's fast paced, and you gotta get those jokes in. You gotta get them in. Gotta get them in. Uh, hmm. yeah. I don't know if there's any other tunes. Yeah, I'll do an occasional Bob's Burgers. You do the Bob's, and I'll occasionally watch like Family Guy. I'm like, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> The new Beavis and Butthead is very good. Oh, there you go. For another yeah. season. Yeah, that's that's always fun. But again, it's just the nostalgic for me. Yeah. That's why I'm saying, like, I, I know Rick and Morty is supposed to be great. Uh, I know one of the creators mm. is uh, supposed to be really cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, and that Herd Adventure Time is supposed to be great. But yeah, I just, uh, you know. I think it's okay. Okay. All right. So we're not doing an Adventure Time podcast. Not yet. All right, good. I mean, we're almost out of Simpsons episodes, right? Right. We only have four or five hundred more. Steve, the Simpsons episode finally begins. Is that okay? Uh, I'll allow it. All right. It begins as every episode the Simpsons does with the Simpsons strolling through the streets of Springfield. Krusty's walking by carrying Mr. Teeny in a baby carrier. Uh, They're both smoking, which is great. I mean, look, we can still see people smoking on TV. It was it was 2016. Anything goes. Yeah. And then speaking of something we can see in on TVs in 2016, Apu. Is this the first time we've seen Apu on this podcast for newer episodes? It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, he's also got a baby care. But, you know, he just has one of the octuplets there. But then, Easy. see, when he turns, it's all of them. They're all just like stacked in a pack there. Like, honestly, that's uh, you got some <laughs> powerful spine there because you to throw yeah. in that line, that distributive distribution of weight. What's the baby weigh? Like 20 pounds? I think they come out about 20 to 300 pounds when they're born. born I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. So 20 times eight is 160 pounds. So we're talking a minimum of 160 pounds that he's carrying on his belly. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So maybe this is why we haven't seen a poo lately. He's he's. He's held up with like back surgery, back pain. So he's stuck mm-hmm. at home. He needs that Tommy Chong surgery. So really, we don't see a poo. Do we ever even see the Simpsons go to Quickie Mart anymore? Not really. No, because they always go to like the supermarket or whatever. Oh, well. Uh, so Bart is upset that they aren't on an actual stroll. Uh, Homer just forgot where he parked his car the previous night, and now they have to go find it. Kind of a dude, where's my car situation. Uh, Marge comments that it's uh, a beautiful day to be in denial, and Lisa suggests that Bart enjoy his surroundings, like the shining sun, the singing birds, and the people staring up in the sky in terror. Do you see it, Lisa? There's nothing there. And that's where Lard Lad used to be. Looks like we better file a report with the Bureau of Missing Statues. Yeah. Be like that time that Rodan statue got stolen. What was the name of that statue again? Uh, ah, let me think. Um, thinking. Uh, still thinking. Still thinking. Uh, either we can fan out and search, or bunch up and riot. Or bold the dash of poppycock. I say we do not riot. Riot! Don't! Riot! Don't! Riot! White. 
Right. Thank you. <laughs> I like that song. Clash are good. Who? The Clash. Not the Who. Uh, I wouldn't want you that bit. No, no. <laughs> uh, what do we think of the thinking gag there? Really just took their time with that. i glad to see it's over. I'm wondering if it was like uh, Tom comes into the writing, their their office with uh, Max. Max is all like, ah, my son who's eight just learned about uh, the thinking statue. And he really has a funny joke he wants to put in. Yeah. And you know, I'm trying to get back with his mother. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if Max yeah. has a wife <laughs> and kid. This is all uh, my vision. <laughs> Yeah, it's all conjecture, but I so, I think you're exactly right. Like, so, so if I get my kids joking here, yeah, Tom's like, okay, it's just a weird. It's like yeah, a, it's like yeah, you discovering something for the first time. It's like when you're a kid and you, and you learn uh, uh, the knock knock who's there, uh, banana banana who, mm-hmm. and then banana banana who, and then orange orange you glad I didn't say banana like, <laughs> right? Just a weird. I don't know. I just was not put off by that joke. It was just like. Uh, Interesting take. It was an interesting take. Interesting joke. Yeah. There's some interesting moves in this episode in general that we'll get to. But yeah, this is the beginning of some choices that they make. And as we all know on this podcast, you know, we grunt boys are not pro choices (laughs) of of, uh, comedy. Right, right. If you make a joke, you're stuck with it for 18 years. Or 13 if they marry a Republican. Not a political podcast. Not a political podcast. Uh, so the pro-riot mob angrily flip over a car, and the don't-riot side uh, responds by flipping the car right side up and giving it a nice little polish. Uh, Snake, this is a very funny joke to me, uh, Snake throws a Molotov cocktail to a couple dining al fresco outside, uh, but the server catches the bottle, uses the flame to light the candles on the table, then pulls a napkin out of the bottle and places it on his uh, wrist, and then uses the remaining liquid in the bottle to pour some wine for that happy couple. Hey, this is just a great scene for people out there to see that service workers, they go above and beyond. They need to be paid... Yeah. Uh, you know, better wages, living wages, mm-hmm. as we like to say. And uh, look, I couldn't do that, but that man could. Yeah, and so could Batman. That fascist. <laughs> I know he is. He is a dick. No, actually, his partner's a dick. Yeah, he's a true. Bruce. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought that was impressive. I think um, it's the beginning of a lot of fun visual stuff, though. That's in this yeah. episode. I really like that joke. Well, speaking of fun visual gags, uh, Kent Brockman, the visual gag man himself, is shuffling through his papers, which say shuffling papers, <laughs> and reports uh, that thanks to the equal number of non-riders to rioters, the t- total cost of damage is zero dollars. <laughs> I wonder whose car that was that they were flipping over and then putting back up. I know. Uh, Marge wonders if Homer was among the rioters, but Homer replies that uh, he's the leader of the community, and the news shows Homer climbing through a smashed bank window to steal a case of just deposit slips. <laughs> like he wants to put more money back into the bank. Yeah. Also deposit slips. Were we were we still using those in 2016? I, feel I like don't we think were, so. We were mobile. I wouldn't know how to fill out a deposit slip. I'll say that's how long it's been. Do you still remember how to write a physical check? I do because of work, but it still <laughs> takes me a minute. Like what goes where? You're like, I have to spell 100? Oh, fuck. Where's some emoji for 100? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, hey, we have another clip here with uh, Kent continuing his uh, broadcast. In response to the outcry, Lard Lad's parent company, Tianjin Mining and Smelting and Donuts, has issued the following statement. We are rebranding Lard Lad with an updated statue. Ooh, rebranding. That just means admitting failure, Dad. Ooh, admitting failure. People People of Springfield, Springfield, please please welcome welcome Mr. Mr. I know I'm going to mangle this. 
Lee Fong. Uh, actually, it's pronounced Robert Chan. Duh. And now, please welcome the model for the original Lard Lad, Mr. Laird Lad. A lot of crazy names today. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Lard Lad's bold, focus-grouped new look. That doesn't say donuts! That says management overthink! The thinker! That statue's called the thinker. Ha! <laughs> what? What are we on now? What? Hmm. So we got the callback to the thinker. So, you know, it, it got to pay off. Yeah, exactly. I uh, hope your son is happy, Max. Also, the joke about the names, like Quimby's joke about like seeing an Asian person and thinking, oh, man, it's going to be hard to pronounce and then saying a name. And then, then his name is just Robert Chan. That's fine. But then they introduce Mr. Ladd. And then Homer responds that there's a lot of funny names today. I felt like that was a little unearned, but I could just be. It was just two names, right? Right. And, and Robert Chan isn't that funny of a name. <laughs> yeah. And neither is, uh, what's Lard Lad's name? Like, Laird Lad? Like, yeah. It's kind of funny, but. I mean, I, I thought the Quimby joke was 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 okay. Yeah. It, it's it's one of those classic misdirect jokes that I figured, like, that you kind of like where it's. Yeah, totally. Um, They'll say two words and one of them. They're like, right. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And then I'll say the other word. It's like, so I made a sculpture of paper mache. I don't know if I'm saying oh. that right. And then you'd say, it's pronounced paper. Right, paper mache. But you yeah. don't say the mache part. Got it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for uh, learning jokes with Steve. <laughs> One thing that took me too long to like figure out because I'm a dummy is that, and maybe when, I'm still wrong. Is that when the bullies are cutting Jebediah's statue's head off? And there's a <laughs> reference to like the first one of the first episodes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, it's... um. Did the donut company already plan on removing the statue and not tell anybody? Or if not, where did the statue go? Look, it's hard to think about that because this is 2016 when we weren't taking statues down. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see where you're getting at. Uh, no, I think it's just like, yeah, it's just, you know, rebrand. Yeah, we you're probably to. right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so as the crowd examines the spinning modern art sculpture with confusion, Lisa tells him to give it a chance. After all, when the Eiffel Tower was first built, many said it was a still monstrosity. And in uh, Len Lenny's opinion, it still is. Lisa thinks that the statue will uh, grow on the people of Springfield, but they're not so sure. Uh, murmurs of disgust are heard, and people are saying, this sucks. But then the sculpture rotates, and they admit that at a certain angle, it's beautiful. Someone shouts, we love it, and the crowd cheers. Classic Simpsons oh, mob yeah. mentality. Like, but also, like, they hate it for, like, literally like, two seconds. Like, hey, that's fine. <laughs> like, oh, hey, yeah, I think I love it. But I love, like, background chatter noise, too. Trying mm -hmm. to, like, pinpoint, like, people's voices and then and then seeing, like, the faces. It, it, just a fun bit of animation. Yeah. One thing uh, to go back to Rodan and the thinker joke, because we haven't examined that enough. <laughs> um, Hank Azaria did play the thinker sculpture in the Night, uh, no, Night at the Museum movies. That was Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> And Stiller, and Stiller uh, classic films. Put that on the list of have not seen. Me neither. But I love the animated series. It's great. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I love animated shows, Steve. I watch them all the time. Yeah, you love cartoons. Yeah. Call Apparently... you Craig Cartoon. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I, I hate cartoons. <laughs> what are you doing with your life? I don't know. I mean, not just this podcast, but just. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not much. Broadly. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, so up in the sky, the clouds part to reveal a bright sunbeam shining right through the modern interpretation of a donut. Professor Frink admonishes the crowd, saying, 
they've erected a massive concave reflective surface, uh, which will focus the sun's beam in a uh, deadly ray. And the beam doing just that blasts through the city. Uh, this actually happened in London, where a giant skyscraper was built on 20 Fenchurch Street that uh, reflected uh, lights to uh, 100 degrees Celsius or 200 degrees Fahrenheit. So they nicknamed it the Fryscraper um, before changes were made to the windows. So this is based on reality. But the he, uh, the sunbeam, it causes a, a pond to boil. And so a fish jumps out from the water onto the nearby grass. A coyote comes up and eats the fish. <laughs> and then the ray comes back and blasts the coyote causing its guts and eyes to fly everywhere. Uh, the Graphic things in this episode, right? It's very graphic. Uh, the beam then hits Marty's mirrors, which reflects its beams onto the next uh, building next door, Kevin's kindling, which of course goes up in flames. And next to that building is Ed's extinguishers, which just closed yesterday. Ah, it's great stuff. Uh, nice Simpsons uh, sign gaggage bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really good fun visual, visual stuff going on there. <laughs> it's... The idea of a store card called Kevin's Kindling. Like, it sells yeah. kindling. Uh, anyways, the wreckage of the sun ray continues as it hits the uh, Springfield Penitentiary. And so a hole in a wall is formed and the inmates begin to cheer because they're you know about to be free. But unfortunately, the uh, beam also melted the barbed wire, sending the uh, molten metal oozing down, forming into uh, new prison barns. <laughs> prison bars there. Uh, the beam then hits the eyes of three patients waiting for... Laser eye surgery, uh, melting off their glasses and giving them the perfect vision. Uh, <laughs> the doctor steps out to see his patients leaving and then and very dark turn <laughs> of events. He just pulls out a uh, a gun and puts it to his temple. Uh, we don't. Do we hear a gunshot? I don't think we do. We don't. And I kind of wish we did, but I, I get what they didn't do it. Yeah. But... <laughs> Again, 2016, when uh, it, it was fine to make fun of guns. Yeah, it was only kind of a national tragedy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that uh, just, again, the whole sequence, good times. Yeah. Uh, but we'll go to a clip here. It's uh, We see the cities in ruins uh, devastated from the sunburn, of course. And so in the clip, uh, Mayor Quimby is going to make a statement. First off, I'd like to thank the good people at Changin Smelting and Mining and Donuts and Tops for neutralizing our wonderful, deadly new lard lad. Yeah, that's great. They'll grow back. The time for mourning and blaming our mayors has passed. We will rebuild. 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 So in that clip, we see Kirk Van Houten, uh, both of his arms were cut off, which is a nice uh, callback to uh, season nine's Realty Bites, where he gets, where he's driving in the convertible and he gets his hand cut off while he's holding his sandwich, like one from Jersey Mike's. I'm sure it was a Jimmy John sandwich. Knowing Kirk, it was. James Jonathan sandwiches. <laughs> but that's true, right? Uh, if you cut off like a limb, it just grows back like Wimby says. I think so, yeah. Let's give it a shot here, uh, Steve. Right. I found this uh, rusty knife uh, just buried in some sand. It's fine if it's rusty, right? That should be fine, yeah. All right, a uh, bite down, I think, on your tongue. I think that's what you're uh -huh. supposed to do, just hold on your tongue. Okay, ready? Uh -huh. uh, give me your wallet first. All right, here you go. Uh, do you, you don't carry cash? Ah, uh, that's that type of card. Okay, okay. Can you give me, uh, I see you have like three credit cards here. Can you give me the pin for all of them? Or this one here? One, two, three, one. four. Two, three, four. Okay, and this one? One, two, <laughs> two. three, four. Okay, and then this one. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Okay. I wrote them down on the card, so I remember. And uh, cool. Later. Hey, that's my arm. 
What? My arm. You're going to cut off my arm. Okay, I guess I'll do that. Just give me a second. I have to. Just give me a second. And where else are I doing it? Ow. Ow. Is this okay? Yeah. It, uh, I mean, it smarts a little bit. It's fine. I'm still working on your arm. Yeah. Yep, still working. Yeah. I could do this for 10 hours. Could you not? <laughs> Literally 10 hours of this. Oh, God. All right, we'll be back. All right. Hey, Craig, could you uh, do me a favor and uh, give me the number of Dr. Kurt Connors? It's uh, 1-800-222-2218. Okay. All right. Well, um, Steve, your arm is going to grow back uh, in about six months. Okay. So okay. maybe we should come back in six months. All righty. And uh, let's do that. We'll be okay. right back. All uh, right. It's been six months, Steve, just like the Simpsons here. Hey, yeah. And the city shows uh, no signs of improvement or repair. Several letters of the Springfield sign have been destroyed, leaving it to read singed. Uh, Homer and the family drive through the bumpy streets of Springfield uh, past the uh, billboard, which counts the minutes since Mayor Quimby's broken promise, which is at 259,234,000 seconds, right? Yeah, which works out to be... Type it on my calculator. 4,320 hours, roughly 180 days, which is six months. Ah, they or did the math. roughly about 180 days. Yeah. Which comes down to four... 1,320 hours. Uh, anyways, but so Homer continues to chant, we will rebuild in a raspy voice. Mars knows there's only one man they could turn to, and Homer who wonders if that man, of course, is a Supergirl, uh, <laughs> a.k.a. Melissa Benoist, because, you know, it's 2016 when Supergirl was on. Right. Uh, but as they pull into the driveway of the palatial mansion, Homer knows that uh, it's C. Montgomery Burns. So, you'd like me to save the town. Well, you've got gumption, I'll give you that. <laughs> and such an adorable baby, it really restores my, my faith in, in the, uh, Smithers. Where is the damn trap door button? Mr. Burns, you already trap doored us from your upstairs office? <laughs> yes. And how was your fall? Painful? Unexpected? Oh, oh the worst I've ever had. Really? Told something. Totally painful. Did not see it coming. <laughs> Excellent. So... Remind me what I was saying no to. Funding repairs to the town. But if you could do even one little project, reducking the duck pond or fixing up the Springfield Bowl. The Springfield Bowl. Very well. I will rebuild this town on one condition. Forget it. Our desperate plea is non-negotiable. I want to put on a variety show at the bowl. A celebration of everything wonderful about... Um, what's the name of this town again? Springfield, sir. Uh-oh, Steve. Uh-oh. <laughs> there was yeah. a, a joke jail that escaped. I know. Uh, Much like Bart did last week. <laughs> uh, no, Steve has a thing against um, Mr. Burns' uh, trapdoor jokes. Yeah, it's not that I don't hate... It's not that I hate it. It's just they seem to go to it very often. Or is it that... In a weird coincidence, all the episodes that we watch at random have a joke of uh, the trapdoor. Maybe, but that this could speak to the prevalence of the joke. Unless the Will of Random is like scanning episodes trying to find <laughs> trapdoor jokes. Well, the Wheel of Random isn't programmed by programmed by like ChatGPT, so we're okay with the Wheel of Random. Right, it's old school. 
technology. Uh, but yeah, this one, uh, it was kind of funny, I guess. Also, this would probably be, if we were watching this live in 2016, it'd probably be a bit of a sigh of relief to hear Monty Burns, because this was the time that Harry Shear was threatening to quit the show and over that summer. And so when we, they came back for season 28, he was he was back and they made a deal. So good to have monty burns back in this episode oh yeah i remember those days uh look they'll just get some scab to to replace all the voices eventually it's true who are we kidding dan castellata can drop dead any second now time's ticking dan <laughs> <laughs> um so mr burns vows to destroy springfield until smithers corrects him saying that they should celebrate the town monty agrees to try it that way first him brockman then reports on the old man giver and how, thanks to him, Springfield has risen from the ashes like a phoenix. That's phoenix, the mythical bird, not the culturalist Marscape of the Southwest. Take that, phoenix. Kent introduces Monty to the viewing audience, and the Chiron reads, Monty Burns, dead at 89, but corrects itself when Monty looks down to say, still not dead. Much like Dan Castellaneta as of this recording. Monty plugs the open auditions to the Springfield Follies, where even a woman can try out, provided they have the permission of their husband, father, and pastor in writing. What is this? The southern states of America? <laughs> uh, so is it Canada that uh, Mr. Burns' age is 89? I mean, sure, but no. Yeah, because he's supposed to be like 120, or he's just old. Yeah. So at the Springfield Bowl, the skunk smell is gone, and auditions are underway. Uh, all the uh, weed smell. That's what the skunk smell is referred to, right? Of course. Okay. So first up is Crazy Cat Lady, who threw an orange cat at uh, the pianist before singing Ava Marie uh, in a beautiful soprano voice. Is this like the Ava Marie recording that you hear in like every TV show if they need to have? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, cats uh, carry her to and fro on the stage, and she continues to belt out the uh, lovely, lovely song there. And uh, Monty stops her asking if uh, Petunie's a little well trod. And so Crazy Cat Lady returns in her usual gibberish. Mr. Burns feels that uh, this isn't right. It's not like uh, it was at all. He then flashes back to the uh, sepia-toned years of, of 1913. I imagine if we ever go back in time, that's what it's going to look like, right? Everything's in sepia. I assume so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's at the Pee Wee pageant, 1913, and uh, young Monty is preparing to perform, and he receives some encouragement from his good old mommy. Monty, time to go on stage. Yes, Mama. Your little butterscotch drop won't let you down. Oh, who's Candy? Use Candy. Oh, I'm gonna lick you, my sweet little lolly. Who likes Mommy's licks? Monty likes Mommy's licks. Lickety lickety lick. But the butterscotch soon turned to bitter squelch. I bought everything just as it was back then. The stage filled with children like those from 1913. High-spirited, snaggle-toothed, and willing to work 18 hours a day. Attention, an old man is prowling the school looking for young children. Please perform for him. Watch me make this nerd disappear. <laughs> Ta-da! Also, ha-ha! Excellent villain. My cast is complete. I'll just save the list and... <laughs> Samson himself could not pry open these drawers. Can I help you, sir? Oh, women aren't meant for clasp opening. So a lot of things in that clip. First of all, we had Amy Schumer playing Burns' mother, Daphne I Burns. We also have Chalmers and Skinner <laughs> uh, dancing behind them as the Blues Brothers for some reason. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, you're talking about uh, the funny clip of uh, uh, Skinner on the intercom. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Where an old man is playing the school. Looking for young children. Please perform for him. <laughs> an old man prowling. Please perform for him. Jesus. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Very dark and funny. Yeah. And then we also get a little moment of uh, Martin and Nelson because Nelson shoves Martin into the locker, much like Nelson will probably pull Martin out of the closet. And uh, then the sexist joke at the end. That's right. Oh, I just Women aren't that. meant for class <laughs> opening. Yeah. Come on. It's the 90s. Yeah. Oh, is that is that go to joke Joe referring to something? It's saying it's the 90s when it's clearly not because that was the thing that we said back in the 2000s. I'm still kind of okay with it. I think it's kind of aged now that it's okay. All right, It's the 90s, guys. We can say this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, but Lisa handles the clip, uh, clipboard clasp with ease. And if there's one thing that Monty knows about show business is that there are a lot of clipboards. Ain't that the truth? Uh, mm-hmm. Monty then invites Lisa to be his assistant director. Lisa thinks to herself that this will allow her to find out what exactly what Mr. Burns is really up to. She agrees and then offers to perform her instrument uh, should Monty need another act. Mr. Burns states that he, uh, there's no room in the show for Adolf Sachs's vile-sounding O-phone. This great bit of uh, Mr. Burns-ness. Yeah. Uh, Lisa asks if he ever says anything in a simple way, to which he replies, shut up, <laughs> which uh, Lisa admits is pretty clear. So at the Springfield Nuclear Power Plank, uh, Homer's co-worker Smitty wonders if they have let the plant slip in Mr. Burns' absence. So Homer quotes a wise man saying, out with the old, in with the brew, as he takes off his shirt to reveal body paint that says, beer goes here, with an arrow pointing to his mouth. Yeah. Uh, Steve, do you have that You have that tattoo, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, although the tattoo are just screwed up and the arrow's pointing to my penis. <laughs> and so people just like to... Uh... Or beer on my crotch. And uh, one of the, uh, the the second E in beer actually uh, looks like it's an A. <laughs> so it just says bear goes here. It's made for some interesting nights, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Especially that you were a guest on a Bear Giles program. Mm-hmm. Really weird. <laughs> so then uh, Homer steps into a room and uses a beer cake to fill his hard hat. Uh, there's a party happening with people jumping into a pool of uh, nuclear waste. <laughs> Very good. Uh, playing volleyball. There's a couple guys there playing some strip poker. And some crew members using the uh, carbon rod in a limbo. And then an alarm goes off. Lenny simply just lifts his glasses, <laughs> wearing sunglasses, and just <laughs> pulls out his gun and shoots the alarm. Remember when guns are... Okay, hey, you know that episode where Homer gets a gun, mm-hmm. and they're all, uh, like, Lenny's part of the, the NRA. He's all pissed off that Homer was using his gun for simple right. things. Here's Lenny doing it himself. Man. Back, 2016, back when the NRA was cool. Sure, yeah, they were a great group of people back then. I don't know what happened. They lost their way. <laughs> um, so, not a political podcast. So back at the auditions, Ralph Wiggum uh, slurps up a forkful of spaghetti. He then inhales a noodle through his nose. Then he pulls the noodle out and then puts it back up his nose, which is very disgusting. Uh, he continues to snort spaghetti while doing a little dance and a little humming action. And then he pulls a noodle from his ear and Mr. Burns says that he's seen enough. But Ralph says that he hasn't even begun his act. Just having some spaghetti. Uh, Burns then sees what Nelson can bring to the table while Lisa wonders if Monty is hiding something from his past. Munts, what have you got? A rabbit in a bag. Ooh, a promising magic trick. No, it's my lunch. Bah, you're all incompetent. I won't go through this a second time. Second time? Is there something you're not telling us? A vast amount. And what part of what I've never told you don't you understand? 
Mother, what is that sound they're making? Well, it's called laughter. You're a laughing stock, Charles. Oh, oh, it's awful. This show isn't good enough. No show could be good enough. It's not. I've got a rabbit in a bag. What does that even mean? That's dinner. Rabbits are things people eat, so Nelson, I wouldn't be so embarrassed. Yeah. Unless, yeah, no, that's good. I don't think I've ever had a rabbit. I, I, I think I had it when I was a kid. I think my dad made it one time. It was, it was fine. I don't know. It, didn't seem worth it. There wasn't a lot of meat or something. I don't know. It's just it's it's weird. I don't need to eat rabbit. Everything tastes like chicken, right? That's right. So uh, in the kitchen of 742 Evergreen Terrace, Homer happily scats while filling a super soaker water gun with lemonade. And this is another like weird like just sketch that goes on in this mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Marge asks what Homer's up to, and he explains that Carl is going to fill a super soaker with iced tea. And on Monday, they're going to Arnold Palmer Lenny when he walks in. Mars repeats the phrase Arnold Palmer Lenny in disbelief. Uh, Homer begins to mansplain the origins of the beverage uh, when Marge expresses her concern about the silliness of Homer's work, saying that he's uh, the safety inspector. And Homer requests Chrysler saying that he's a safety inspector, (laughs) not the inspector. He then laughs at the idea of just one inspector for the entire plant. Then he kind of realizes that uh, that's the case. So he tells Marge to put everything in the car and get out of town. So uh, are you an Arnold Palmer guy? Um, so Do you like I'm half not... half lemonade, half iced tea? Or would you like prefer maybe three quarters iced tea and then one quarter lemonade? What would you call that? I, th- I think I'd call I think I'd call that the Lutz. Yeah, the Lutz. The, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I, 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 I do like an Arnold I don't like the Arnold Palmer because it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah. The the letters don't like flow well. I'm sorry, Arnold, about, about your name. But I think you're a drunken piece of shit. So which Arnold? Know. Palmer. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm holding back not doing an Arnold impersonation. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sparing the uh, listeners from what's about to happen. But I'm not going to do it. Good for you. Uh, I, res- I respect it. it. Yeah. Um, I have two super soakers here mm-hmm. and I fill them up. Um, I'm going to shoot you in the mouth, but they're not uh, lemonade or iced tea. You have to guess the flavor. Okay. Hold on one second. One's not filled up yet. It's filled up now. Oh, God. No, I'm not putting my piss in. Um, <laughs> I made you a really cool one, though. It's uh, One gun is just gin. The other one is more gin. Hey. That sounds great. <laughs> I would do a, a gin and tonic gun. That'd be that'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun at a party. Uh, <laughs> but you know, as a kid, yeah, you've probably experienced by putting like the water gun, like getting in your mouth, and like that plasticky, watery uh, flavor. It's not good. Yeah. So I imagine that plastic is probably not uh, consumable. <laughs> I was just not thinking like. What really dark like things as a kid? I was like, I put a water gun in my mouth to emulate <laughs> blowing my brains out. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah. ever do that with like Oh, a absolutely. Hand? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're also playing war. And sometimes when you're playing war, if you get captured, like I'm not giving up any information <laughs> and you you kill yourself because you don't want to give anything right. to the like, that's what we played when we were kids. It is very dark. <laughs> but the thing like as a kid, like, I'm not telling you where the, the map or treasure is. <laughs> I'm to kill myself. <laughs> And then, you know, as a kid, you come back as like a zombie. <laughs> right. Or you go on and play a new character. As long and as you get to base. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh, so March tells Homer that they, that he just needs to be responsible. Homer's friends consider him to be a leader since he's just a little bit taller. And as and tall a little spider- bit baller. And a-, <laughs> a little bit of a shot collar. 
He's got a little bit of a 20-inch blades on his Impala. But as tall Spider-Man once said, with above-average height comes above-average responsibility. Homer thanks Marge for setting him straight. Meanwhile, Mr. Burns has some high expectations for the upcoming show. Okay, I want to open this show with someone being shot into a cannon. <laughs> You're joking, right? Well, because, see, that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone, Little Miss Nitpick hates the show, so I'm shutting it down. I like the idea of being shot in the cannon. Mm -hmm. Speaking of cannon, 2016, when there was only six Nick Cannon children. <laughs> Timely joke? Is that good? I think that's really good. Yeah, All it's right. a lot of fun. I like that one. <laughs> I think uh, Carson would, would uh, approve of that joke. Carson Daly? Yeah. <laughs> You know, that clip there, we get uh, Burns shutting that uh, the whole production down and we see Jimbo spinning wedgied nerds on sticks, but he stops that spinning because, you know, show's over. Recently, that one act is is now just bullying. It's not even an act. Mm. True crew members drop the stage lights that they were holding on to causing <laughs> the crash. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> Yeah, we're done. Four of the crew members uh, shoot triangulizers at the rhinoceros wearing a uh, top hat and tuxedo. And then the uh, like giant... the fourth gun reference. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you count the squirt guns, too. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Four. Okay. About four. Okay. Uh, the, massage, uh, the massive beast that is pushed into a uh, truck and it's just driven away. <laughs> Seymour blames Lisa, saying that they were going to get out of school for this. I like that bit. <laughs> Cute. Yeah. So our third act begins, as many a third act does, with Lisa ringing the doorbell of Mr. Burns' mansion. Smithers answers, calling Lisa the little girl that made a billionaire cry. See, back then, we didn't care. We would feel bad if billionaires cried, and now we want them all dead. <laughs> uh, Lisa asks to see Monty, but Smithers claims that he's very busy. Lisa opens up the door further to show a very tired Mr. Burns trying to drop clothespins into a glass milk jug. Lisa asks Monty to come back, but he simply replies, shan't, and then rides off on his penny-farthing bicycle. Lisa asks uh, Mr. Smithers what's wrong with Monty, and uh, what are those like weird lines around his eyes? Waylon leads Lisa past a room of guest phones, another room for clones, and a third room of torture, and then to the media room. He says there's uh, only one explanation for the lines on Burns' face. He's been watching something on the uh, mutoscope. I like how also when he, they walk into the, the media room there, uh, they're playing like uh, actual live action, old timey video. Yeah, that's fun. I, I don't know what it is, but it almost looks like old timey porn. Like it's about to be like old timey. <laughs> Have you ever seen? Kind of does, yeah. Uh, like side because they were making porn movies back when you know film was invented. Oh yeah, that's. So I'm, I'm most, if that's like most a gag. like technology. Most technology from film has been advanced because of pornography. So, well, um, as in most things. Yeah, yeah. A human kind has, or yeah, human nature, all things is because of uh, porn. Yeah, it's true. And you mentioned when the, the printing press was in feds, you're like, Jesus, we can make a lot of Bibles out of this. And Jesus is like, <laughs> yeah, I know, but really, what the people want is pornography. Yeah. So you had- Listen to my disciple over there, Bob Guccione. <laughs> so you had, they're printing Bibles and they're printing pornography. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's the only thing you need to print, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Why don't they combine the two? And so like every other page, you get like a Bible verse, you get a See, centerfold. That, uh, not making a joke. The Bible is very pornographic. It really is. Yeah. Like Noah, he fucked all those animals. And, you know, Moses must have been a redhead because he did have a burning <laughs> bush. <laughs> anyway, so 
Smithers looks into that uh, mutoscope and uh, he gets that same little line around his eyes. And Lisa's eager to find the truth and is frustrated. So she has to uh, look in there. And then <laughs> Smithers is like, oh, you know, that does cost a nickel. And then we <laughs> learn uh, it's Ken that Lisa's dress has pockets. So she pulls Good out for a her. She's carrying some loose change in there. Yeah. That is a problem with women's clothing. Um, they get screwed on pockets. Like, not only do the, a lot of their clothing not have pockets, but they're fake, it's like smaller pockets. Yeah, which is a huge tragedy and that we were lied to as boys because there was a whole toy line aimed towards girls called Polly Pocket, where you just put the Polly Pocket in your pocket, but yet you didn't have pockets. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Anyways, here's all my pockets I don't use, ladies. You can have yeah. them. But here's a fun challenge. If you're a person who wears male-identifying clothing and you live with somebody who wears female-identifying clothing, take a remote control Put it in the male identified clothing first and then the female and see like how much more room there is. It's it's wild. I'll do it this afternoon. Alrighty. So as Lisa cranks the wheel, she watches a motion picture entitled The Befuddling Britches, which shows Monty as a little boy dancing on the stage. But then his suspenders slip off as he dances, causing his pants to fall down. He covers up his crotch and turns around to pull up his britches, but his underpants slip down, revealing his little butt to the audience. Everyone in the crowd laughs, including Charlie Chaplin, Babe Ruth, and Steamboat Itchy. Uh, Lisa realizes that this is what made Burns the monster that he is. She giggles at the movie when Monty steps into frame. Within days, half of America was cranking to my bottom. I think you're trying to make up for what happened to you then by putting on a perfect bowl show now. Spare me your amateur psychology. Oh, I saw my father decapitated by a grain harvester, and now I can't enjoy weed. Boo-hoo. Mr. Burns, I want you to listen to that crowd. Do you really want to let those happy, joyous people win? Smithers, locate my dicky. We've got a show to do. You know, every every time before we start the show, I say, Craig, find my dicky. We've got a show to do. <laughs> yeah, a couple of fun uh, little Mr. Burns stuff there, especially the first one with the... Uh... Within half days, half of my America was cranking to my bottom. <laughs> Very funny. And then the other one, that yeah. his father getting decapitated. <laughs> so is that how his, his dad then dies? I think so, yeah. Wow. That's why he doesn't like wheat. All right, so let's go to the nuclear power plant where a worker is in an office chair. It's being propelled by uh, shaking up a champagne bottle into a pyramid of uh, duff cans as Afferman's uh, Because I Got High plays. And the whole staff are partying, drinking, and uh, smoking inanimate carbon rods. So Lenny is pushed headfirst into a bag of ice, and the phone rings. Carl answers and takes a serious tone, saying that he will alert the workers. But the pizza is here. Woo! Everyone cheers, and... Uh, Homer, who asks, uh, who wants to get back to work? And then we get a record scratch, and the music stops. And a man only wearing balloons sadly pops his outfits. He's got little balloons. He's wanting people to pop to see his uh, genitalia, I guess. Mm -hmm. So Homer makes a plea to his uh, fellow employees. We are a public trust. We bring power to people's homes. Light bulbs, toasters, and that's all I can think of. Now let's buckle down. Okay, Homer, just let us get our microwave popcorn out of the car. You're only supposed to do that when we're watching a movie in the car. Uh-oh. Popcorn in the core, that could be bad. Do you think they're watching the movie The Core in the core? I think so, yeah. Sad, not a good movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've heard bad things. That's a Steve hasn't seen, but yeah, I don't... 
Mm-hmm. Oh, we desire to. You can skip it. Alrighty. Uh, so back at the uh, Springfield Bowl, Monty Burns presents "Release the Sounds." Uh, the audience takes to their seats just as the screen drops down, showing Mr. Burns and Smithers driving in an old-timey car. The text shows Burns saying, Hurry, Smithers, we've got to get to the Springfield Bowl. They then see a damsel in distress <laughs> tied up in the middle of the road. Burns then says on the text uh, screen, No time to stop, Smithers. And the car runs over the woman, uh, smearing blood all over the car and the windshield. And then they crash into a tree. Just, just, just wow. What a delight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Monty then appears in his driving gear on stage, kind of staggering with a string wheel around his neck. He welcomes the crowd, then makes a joke about parking in the Hollywood, I mean, Springfield Bowl. <laughs> the audience laughs wildly until Monty demands them to stop. He then introduces the first actor of the show, Rod and Todd Flanders, doing a banter a la the Smothers Brothers before singing their rendition of Michael, Row Your Boat Ashore. <laughs> uh, very funny. The really funny but like also love the smothers brothers bit and like their banter Mm -hmm. is just so bad it's so funny too because at the time the smothers brothers were like considered counterculture and dangerous yeah and i know they were but it's just funny that at the time they were like oh he's got a yo-yo watch out like it's even interesting that uh ned would allow that because smothers Mm -hmm. brothers too controversial for, for Flanders, but maybe he like maybe he just now discovered the Smothers Brothers. In yeah, his, in his late stage of in his life, <laughs> he's like they're risky, but I like them. <laughs> hey, I love the Smothers Brothers when I was a kid. I, mean, I see them all the time on Carson. Mm-hmm. No, they were a lot of fun. Yeah, they're still with us. Oh, that's good. Good. Yeah. As of this recording, I believe. Yeah, they're still performing. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Um. So Ned sits in the crowd and looks uh, at his boys with pride, and he's sitting with two empty seats. So did he buy like? two empty seats because of of uh for 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 ghosts maybe or maybe rod and todd wanted to see the show too it's it's the first act that makes more sense (laughs) actually makes a hundred percent sense wow i i'm dumb dumber today uh uh for this record that's all i told steve earlier i I, i'm i'm running on like half percent because of uh, food poisoning so it's not it's not drugs or alcohol it's just uh food poisoning uh yeah with withdrawals which is no fun right uh much like uh this podcast you're listening to <laughs> no it'll um, also make you shit yeah. <laughs> um so yeah uh and then all of a sudden uh mod flanders jedi ghost appears and uh ned ned holds holds their hands Looking lovely, lovely, lovingly to one another, but then over on the other empty uh, spot, Edna Krabappel Spirit appears, and she folds her arm in uh, anger. Which <laughs> I kind of feel like, you know, Edna, you only spent uh, a few months with him, right? And uh, this is a moment between Maud and Ned, who really did raise the kids, because you know she only, like I said, yeah. If, if the Simpsons takes span in one one year, mm-hmm. the whole series, because the kids never age, right? Right. So theoretically, Edna was probably only if it's in this one Simpsons year, Edna was probably only with Ned for maybe about two months out of that mm-hmm. 12 months. Um, probably with I'm going to say she was with uh, 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 Skinner for about six to eight months, maybe. That sounds about right. And then the few months uh, she was single. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. Mm. Uh, yeah, that tracks. But yeah, like I said, uh, unwarranted there for uh, Edna Ghost. Yeah. Um, but the uh, uh, act continues. We get a uh, sock puppet ventriloquist act with Nelson, which <laughs> a very funny. Uh, <laughs> it's just the, the sock puppet uh, 
putting put, putting Nelson down or like asking like yeah. who's been with this mom like it's just like <laughs> Nelson taking it seriously it was really good <laughs> uh, I don't know why we didn't play a clip of that but it was really funny then anyway, there's some of those like uh, some bell work from Apu's kids and then an escape act which features Sherry and Terry trapped in a tank of water in a straight jacket you know trying to uh, get a lose but then they put you know they they hide uh, Sherry or Terry in, in the water but then uh, off to the other side of the stage out walks Sherry or Terry drenched in, in uh, water, you know, uh, she escaped. But, you know, comic book guy assumes that it's just a simple trick uh, twin trick because, you know, one's in the tank and then one's in the other one. And he's right because <laughs> we now see the back of the tank and another dark joke that Sherry or Terry is just dead. Like she drowned. Yeah, she drowned. So it's canon now. It's uh no, didn't didn't we say they're they're triplets? Yeah, so we, we had a theory that there's triplets. I think so, yeah. Like way back long ago, like two years ago, we talked about mm-hmm. something like that. I feel like we mentioned that there might be triplets, or was it a Simpsons thing, or was it something we came up with? I can't remember because I know that we talked about them being triplets, but I think it might be canonical. Yeah. No, it is canonical. There was a, a line about one of the kids died, I think. And was this it? I think see, I so... see Steve uh furiously uh Typing yeah. over there on his uh, Acer computer. <laughs> I'm like, is that just an Acer? <laughs> is Acer computer just an Acer computer from somebody from Boston? It's their uh, Acer. Yeah, see, it is. Okay, thank you. Just wondering. I, I can't work with that. <laughs> you don't need to. All right, thanks. Um, and they were conjoined triplets, and the third triplet uh, seeks revenge at one point. So yeah, they do have a uh, the the third sister. Um, but I don't see her name on there. But yeah, she is uh, upset because they they kind of did a Hugo situation where she was kind of evil and wanted to kill her other sisters for abandoning her. Right. I vaguely remember. Steve, what episode was that from? That was from The Simpsons. Oh, okay. The blue and the gray. All right. Uh, Marge uh, has uh, gray hairs. That's right. Okay. Well, anyways, uh, R.I.P. Sherry or Terry. That's right. Uh, so colorful blasts shoot into the sky, and the crowd is amazed. But Lisa notices that uh, fireworks aren't a part of the show. So back at the plant, we see the popcorn exploding from the core reactors. Homer cries out that it's not fair. He was good. He is then blasted in the face with lemonade and iced tea as Lenny yells Arnold and Carl yells Palmer. Uh, again, weird bit, but all right. Yeah. Lisa compliments Burns on the finale and wonders if his childhood trauma is cured. But Mr. Burns firmly states that uh, that wasn't the finale and takes off his jacket to reveal the little old sailor suit like the one he wore as a boy. He asks Maestro to play golden slippers and he takes to the stage and then two golden loafers lower behind him and Smithers can't stand to see Monty make a fool of himself again. So he smashes the break in any case flop. And then a uh, uh, glass and grabs uh, a large uh, hook crane. Lisa says that Mr. Burns needs to do this. So Smithers then smashes the <laughs> brake in case of change of heart glass and puts the cane away. A fun joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Monty begins to sing and a stagehand points the spotlight at him. But the impact of the photons from that light pushes Monty's frail frame and he uh, backs into another lamp, setting his ass on fire. His uh, shorts are not eaten like Bart would like, but are instead burnt off, once again exposing his little butt to the audience. The audience laughs like crazy, and Burns, once again, blames Lisa. Oh, for the murder of crows to pluck out my eyes! You! This show is your fault. Well, you'd better know this, mister. This town has my back, and hey, where did they go? How did 15,000 people leave so fast? Um, 
Hey, you wanna see me do a cartwheel? <laughs> oh, is that trouble with those? No, oh, I can't stay mad at you. At my age, I can't stay anything at anybody. Oh, and you know what? The laughter in my head is gone. Go ahead, blow your German kazoo. Yes, sir. Smithers tapped my foot for me with impatience. Now lift my arm so I can check my watch. Oh, you really should start doing some of these things yourself. I love Lisa's reading of Wanna See Me Do a Cartwheel. <laughs> And I just love the, uh, where did the 15,000 people go? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What a weird ending. Like they were just like, uh, all right, we're done. Yeah. It's a a very peculiar episode. I got to say. Well, we're almost there, Steve. Um, We go back to the Simpsons living room where Lisa is reading the day's issue of the Springfield shopper. The headline is burns pants catch on fire. Well, it's like in the uh, uh, small, like little sub headline is explosion at nuclear plant. <laughs> uh, Lisa asks her father why the uh, Simpsons always fail and replies that it's a terrible curse that goes back centuries. And then we get a flashback to Homer and Marge long ago in the past, uh, maybe about uh, 2016 years prior, when there's a knock on their chamber door. No, no, don't answer that. We just need a place to stay for the night. Mm, shouldn't we help them? Hey, in zero BC, you can't trust anybody. Curse them, Mary. You curse them. My water just broke. Please. You're telling me that really happened. They look just like us, didn't they? We just like hearing uh, Tress McNeil as the Virgin Mary. Great read. As always, Tress. And I love, uh, you know, Homer telling this story and then <laughs> throwing in a, 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 a bewitched reference when she does that, <laughs> boing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> What a weird little scene that could really be tacked on to almost any episode if you change yeah. the headlines of the paper. Yep. Flashback at the end of the episode. Let's just do a flashback joke at the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> very odd. Um, yeah. Then we get one more post credit scene where the lard lad, the new lard lad statue is dumped into the Springfield Tire Fire. And as the tarp is melted, uh, Ralph pops up in the statue and says, that's all, folks. All uh, Porky Pig. And then the melted uh, steel is but uh, burnt onto his face forever. Yeah, he's dead now. Did yeah. he die last week's episode? Yeah. Is is Ralph the the Simpsons South Park's Kenny? I think he might be, yeah. So South Park did it first? <gasps> Whoa. All right. Well, uh, yeah, what a, what an odd ball of scenes of, of episode this is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's, uh, take a break, come back and give our final thoughts and, uh, you know, celebrate that. How about, how about we do that, Steve? Sounds wonderful, Craig. All right. We'll be right back. And we're back. Let's wrap up this week's episode. Mr. Burns fleeing circus. We're going to talk about, you know, the things that uh, make us laugh, cry, talk about some, uh, jokes that we thought were great. Maybe some things that weren't great. I don't know. Are we negative? Sometimes. Maybe we'll find an MVJ, Most Valuable Jokester. Then we'll give a nice little summation of what we thought. Find out what we're watching next week, and then we get to go home and eat spaghetti. But yum, before yum. we do all that, we like to give uh, presents out. Um, you know, we used to do tattoos and t-shirts, and there was definitely some uh, tattoos that could have been made from this. Obvious ones like uh, beer goes here, uh, tattooed on your, your belly. That would have been great. 
<laughs> but um, I kind of teased uh, my gift throughout the episode to Steve to see kind of gauge, you know, like sometimes when you give presents, you know, you kind of gauge uh, someone's uh, interest. And I think uh, it piqued Steve's uh, interest. And you get a couple things here. Two super soakers, oh. one filled with gin, one with tonics. So you can have gin and tonic anytime. Very nice. And then um, I know you're a four eyes. It. Yeah, I know you're a four eyes. Uh, mm-hmm. So I also got you some laser, uh, uh, a laser beam to shoot your eyes so your eyes are fixed. Uh, wow. Yeah, with the uh, the new uh, donut mascot. I can't think of the name. <laughs> Lard Lads. Lard the, Lad. new, the new Lard Lads statue with the help of the sun. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Craig, I got you uh, two things. One, because I know you're such a foodie. I got you a rabbit in a bag so you can try a rabbit for the first time. Thanks. And also because it seems like everybody had one in this episode, I bought you a gun. <laughs> yeah, you have a water gun. Now I have a, a real gun. This this looks like yep. the uh, laser surgeon's gun and it's still kind of warm and it's missing <laughs> the bullet, Steve. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you can buy things new, but sometimes I think used things have a little bit more personality. Wow, what a dark Just, uh, Make sure you wipe off the uh, yeah, Jesus. Uh, the hand cut, the fingerprints. Well, they have <sighs> yours on them right now. Okay, Steve. Uh, oh, no. Are yeah. we done with Are we done with the bit? Yeah, we're done with the bit. Okay, uh, Steve, uh, do you have an MVJ favorite scenes? What do you got for me? What, what were we from the jokes you oh, boy. enjoyed? Uh, so there were a whole lot of visual jokes that I really, really liked with the sunbeam, especially the uh, just from the from the jump, the uh, the lake uh, heating up the fish, which jumps out of the river, which hits the coyote, the coyote eats it, and then the beam explodes the coyote. Just so graphic, so weird. Um, of course, uh, the the gag with the uh, Kevin's kindling and then Ed's extinguisher, which closed yesterday. Very funny stuff. And I think my favorite though of that run is the laser eye surgery and then the, the optometrist <laughs> killing themselves. Very funny. Also, later on in the episode, the uh, uh, Monty Burns short film with him running over the lady and getting the car hit. Oh yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was very funny. But if I had to give it the MBJ to a character, weirdly, I'm going to give it to Lisa. Stupid Lisa Garbage Face? The very same. She doesn't say a lot, but her asking about the uh, bowl clearing out so clearly, and then just her reading of Wanna See Me Do a Cartwheel. (laughs) That was really good. I I don't know why, but that just tickled me a lot. So I think for for characters, I'm going to give it to Lisa, but overall, I give it to the concept of the visual gag, just because there are a lot of fun ones in this episode. What about you, Craig? Like I mentioned, the uh, Monty Burns short film driving over the lady and just like the graphic nature of like (laughs) the blood explosion, because, you know, it's like films like the the care that they did of creating that bit look showing how cheap it was to produce in a way to like just uh, yeah very funny and then like burns continuing the bit with him walking on stage with like like <laughs> and especially Smithers like oh no you need to continue this this is the joke and I don't know just burns like not understanding maybe then it's telling yeah. everyone to shut up. I don't know. very funny but yeah all the, all the things that you said were definitely on my top but that that was my favorite but uh the whole uh, uh, sign gags, you know, the, the quiet riot, uh-huh. the, the, the waiter, like you said, with the multiple cocktail. Oh, that was really good too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just there's just a lot of like good bits in the in in this episode. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget uh, the Blues Brothers, like Chalmers and Skinner's dancing right behind uh, doing the uh, uh, Blues Brothers. Yeah, there's a lot of visual gags. This is a 
Very interesting. Very interesting episode. Um, oh, uh, MVJ, uh, I'll give it to uh, uh, Burns. Yeah, that makes sense. And the, and the talent show. I loved Nelson, the sock puppet. Mm-hmm. That was great. <laughs> and the bad acting uh, Smothers Brothers uh, parody that the Rod and Todd do. Yeah. All right, Steve. Well, uh, we, we got the goods. Now it's time for the bads. Is in like, uh, like well, what we really thought of the episode in general. I'm not saying it's bad, but, you know. Uh, yeah. Altogether. This is a weird, weird episode. Plot-wise, nothing makes any sense. Um, and not that, you know, the Simpsons are always so plot driven, but the Lard Lad statue disappearing, which I now realize is because they're probably rebranding, is is just confusing. Um, but I do appreciate the the modern art take of like a company like rebranding and being confusing and uh kind of like Barney says it's uh corporate overthink. I thought that was pretty smart. I'm pretty neutral about Amy Schumer's appearance. It was fun, but neither here nor there. Um Homer's B plot is barely a plot. Like, I think you referenced it as just a sketch, basically. Because, like, Mr. Burns is so tied up with the bull that Homer gets to run the plant for some reason. Because he's a little taller. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what I'm saying out loud, it makes even less sense. <laughs> and even, like, the Burns-Lisa dynamic is that Burns has a secret that's not really a secret. He just didn't tell anybody. <laughs> why he doesn't have to tell his, his, his whole life story to anybody. <sighs> It's like this. The story is is non-existent practically. That being said, it's a funny episode that was a lot of fun. That made me. That definitely gave me reactions. Like the dark humor in this is very dark. And so you know, it's kind of funny because in the beginning, Craig, you were talking about how you don't really watch cartoons, other cartoons, so much. And throughout this episode, I was thinking I like this episode, but it doesn't feel like The Simpsons. Like mm-hmm. if this were a different show. I might like this in a totally different way and maybe even like it more than I do because it feels like somebody else is playing. It's like you're playing He-Man with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figures. It's just weird. <laughs> but that being said, I had a good time. So I'm going to give this one a head-scratching watch. Like, I don't know if you watch it with other episodes or if you just watch it on its own, but it's just, it's a very strange episode and it's a very weird way to start a season. It's very odd, but I like it. So um, I'm just going to go simple. You know, we started off with Lard Lad Donuts. Donuts come in a dozen. I'm going to give this 8 out of 12 donuts. Yeah, and I agree with you on this episode. It it felt like, like I said, like a sketch show. Like we were watching SNL because a lot of like, there's just like a weird like placement of scenes. Like, you know, it starts off with a thinker joke and not like. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't like, mention that, like, but. Yeah, like yeah. not like, oh, I'm th- but like, like, okay, is that a good joke? Like, yeah, the whole Homer in charge of the power plant is very weak, like story wise. Mm-hmm. But like, there's a whole like super soaker thing. It, you know what it feels like? Like more of like a modern sitcom that's like on oh, like cbs mm-hmm. yeah yeah there's just there was just no like real substance to this episode That's it was it point. was jokes for joke's sake you didn't feel anything and mm-hmm. you know this was the season opener and i felt like if i when i probably did you know watching the season premiere i would have felt cheated on this episode as the season premiere mm-hmm. like this felt maybe a little bit if it would have been in the middle of the run and almost did feel more towards like the end of a season type of episode. Yeah. Uh, which it could be because a lot of times they, they hold over episodes from previous seasons for the next. Again, it's in the title. You know, it's a play on like Monty, uh, uh, Monty Python. And um, yeah, it is a circus because it all is sketches and, and bits. So I think that's kind of where they're maybe going with it. Like feeling that way is it like a sketch comedy show. Mm-hmm. We laughed at many of the bits and like many sketch comedy shows, there's some good bits and there's not some good bits. But story wise, it just kind of lacked. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I think it's not like a uh, I'm going to rewatch 
um we watch it a lot like but if it's on i'll watch it so yeah it's, uh, it's it's an interesting episode so it talked about how uh you know the uh, um you know when when film was invented of course right after you know movies are invented the first thing they do is pornography right that's mm-hmm. a big one so like the one of the fir- earliest known surviving uh films is called uh le coucher de la mariée thank you <laughs> Uh, which translates to the bedtime of the bride. Oh, it was a a, a, a seven minute film in 1896, and uh, the actress Louise Willie performing a bathroom striptease. Oh, sexy! Yeah, it's very very risky, risque. So uh, check it out at your blockbuster if they have it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it came out in the year 1896. So out of a ranking for this 1896 film, uh, seven minutes, I'm going to give it uh, three minutes of 1899. Okay. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. See, should we do an eye off Springfield for the bedtime of the bride movie? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> the porn may be silent, but Steve sure isn't. <laughs> the, the sounds of laughing. <laughs> Because at the time, people like to use the word fapping. I don't know if that's still a term that people use to masturbate. Yeah, surely wasn't um, in 2016. Can I give you one last fact about this episode that we just watched? Is it a Hollywood fact? Kind of, yeah. So all let's right. go, go down to Hollywood. Uh, so as we mentioned, this episode aired on September 25th, 2016. And also the Arnold Palmer drink has a lot of references in this episode. And the golfer Arnold Palmer happened to die the same day this episode aired at the age of 87. Oh, we should have probably had an Arnold Palmer for our, our drink today. I know. <laughs> well, no. uh, we didn't. Uh, thanks to the fact, Steve, uh, I think it's time for plugs. Alrighty. So let's open that plug bag and uh, find out what we're watching next week with the Wheel of Random. Sounds great. So that means uh, I will be in charge of the Wheel of Random today. And you have to figure out uh, the title. Okay. And if you get the title right, uh, we never have to do the podcast ever, ever again. Uh, but uh, here we go. Like let's uh, let's spin the wheel, Steve. All right. All right. Boo doop. Don't 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 don't. We have season twenty one. Season twenty one. Oh boy. Hit that wheel. All righty. Here we go. Boo doop. Don't 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 don't. Woo-hoo! Episode 14. Season 21, episode 14. Steve, this huh. will be a big hint. It aired March 14th, 2010. Ooh, yeah. That's somebody's birthday. Baba Booey, Gary Dalbate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Albert Einstein's too. The uh, scientist, not the comedian. Yeah, exactly. Well, he was kind of a comedian with him sticking that tongue out in that famous photo. <laughs> uh, you can't have a college dorm without it. <laughs> Now, I, I, I don't you try to think of the title, but now I want a, a, a framed photo of Albert Brooks, the actor, sticking his tongue out all Albert Einstein. So then I could say I have an Albert Einstein <laughs> sticking his tongue out framed on my photo on my wall. And it's Albert Brooks. That's a lot of fun. I like that. All right. I'll call uh, a Brooks and see if I can get that happen for you. Thank you. Since it was your birthday, I'm going to assume that it was a birthday in Springfield, <laughs> yes. too. Uh, so I'm going to say Barney's birthday bubble. I love your uh, use of alliteration. You know, I love alliteration, but uh, you're wrong because, uh, well, you're just wrong. Your name's Steve and you're wrong. That's right. Uh, The title actually is Postcards from the Wedge. Postcards from the Wedge. What do you think that the uh, uh, episode's about, Steve? And if you get the episode correct, you get to go home and never do the podcast ever again. Okay. Well, postcards, that's mail. Uh, That's post office. That's stamps and stuff. Wedge. 
So it's a cheese wedge, wedge salad, golf wedge. I'm going to say that there's a contest for a golfing trip that Homer's really interested in. And to win it, you have to, your postcard has to get picked. And so he buys a bunch of, or he steals a bunch of postcards and he sends them in under different names and then he wins. But then he has to like, uh, get, he gets paired up in the golf trip with uh, Barney or with, no, Chief Wiggum. And he's paranoid about getting caught. And so he he has to golf with Wiggum, but he's also worried about getting caught at the golf course. And then for the B story, Lisa discovers her body. Oh boy. (laughs) Uh, you didn't finish the line. Discovers her body buried in a ditch. (laughs) That'd be frightening. <laughs> you were so close, but you got one thing wrong. You said Homer steals postcards. No, he actually buys them, so this doesn't count. Oh, yeah, everything was for... right. You he bought them. Okay. Uh, uh, so close. Yeah, it says he buys them at the Quickie Mart, and then he turns around and shoots a poo in the head and kills a poo. Wow. <laughs> no, nothing you said was right. In fact, <laughs> it was so much gibberish that uh the gibber monster was like, What? <laughs> I don't know. The gibber monster. Yeah. No. <laughs> The monster that makes gibberish. <laughs> uh, here's what I have from the Simpsons fandom.com slash wiki slash postcards from the wedge. Uh, when Homer receives a letter from Edna Krabappel saying that Bart is way behind in his studies, he tries to take a hard line with him. But Marge thinks he has too much work. So Bart finds a way to turn their differences from opinion into full scale fight. Only for it to end up with the pair choosing that they need to worry about themselves more than Bart. Oh, spoiler synopsis. Mm. Um, at least until Bart discovers that running trains, uh, the old Springfield subway system is causing the school structure to crumble. Wow. That's a long synopsis. Yeah, almost as long as mine. <laughs> and it makes as much sense as uh, yours, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was written by Brian Kelly, directed by Mark Kirkland. Mm. All right. Yeah. Uh, Steve, any recollection of this episode? Not at all. I don't remember this one, at, even in the slightest. How about you, Craig? No, I was too busy partying, man, on my birthday. Yeah. But hey, we get uh, Edna Krabappel back from the dead. That's fun. I mean, she wasn't. You know what I mean. Uh, Steve, I look forward to going back in time to watching more old-timey Simpsons. Indeed, me too. And I think this will be a lot of fun. Sure will be. You know what's more fun than uh, watching The Simpsons? What's that? Well, nothing. But uh, coming close is uh, talking about Simpsons. And we want to hear you talk about The Simpsons by uh, contacting us through social medias like Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, YouTube, at 138Simpsons. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And hey, if you're so kind, go to your favorite podcatching app, leave us five stars and a review. But you don't need to write a real review. Just tell us your boyhood secret. And check out uh, some uh, merch on tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys there's some shirts up there grab one before they are sold out that's right and uh, if you don't feel like uh typing and you're a little tired from all of that you can go uh, click that little button on your podcasting app and leave us a voicemail you can uh, recommend drinks for us you can uh, tell us your problems or just do a bad simpsons impression we just want to hear from you that's right and uh thanks for listening i've been annoyed grunt boy craig and i've been annoyed grunt boy steve and remember within days half of america was cranking to my bottom who's candy use candy my show for Adolf Sachs's vile-sounding O-Phone. <laughs>